Ready? Hello and welcome to Rhythm and Pixels, a video game music podcast. This is episode 27-9 and we are your hosts. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernell. And every week we listen to great video game music from all consoles and all generations. We pick a topic and we listen to the music related to that topic from the games that we're from. Do you, do you feel me? <laughs> do you feel? Are you picking up what he's putting down? You got Don't it. answer that. That's like that's that old man jargon. Then again, I used that at work today while talking like one of the trainers. She had asked me for some advice on yeah. uh, on like how to entice more people to come to trainings and sign up for stuff. Mm. And I started giving her some examples, and I seriously stopped and said, "Are you picking up what I'm putting down?" <laughs> and I said, "I can't believe I just said that." But you know what? Just, uh, just roll with it at this point. I was talking that's, about that's the goal. I was talking about that um, that reality show I was watching last week called The Circle, and it's these um, it's just people can only communicate over text. And this one guy is he's older. He's like maybe in his 40s or 50s. Got to be in his 50s. Um, and everyone else is like in their 20s or like younger, right? And so at one point he's playing a younger person on the on the text chat and he says okay if y'all want to let me know what the 411 is then we can get down and everyone's like what does 411 mean <laughs> <laughs> wow no one knew and then later on it was adopted and like he stayed on the show and it was adopted into their like their vocabulary they were saying it with each other not knowing what it meant so they were just like were they like mocking the usage of it then like 411. No. He's not the 411. No one no. knows the hell the 411 they, is, but they, they figured, got it. They figured it out through context, and 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 and, and I guess subconsciously to make him feel more um, like welcome, like welcome and part of the group. Everyone just started using it, like not even mm-hmm. thinking about it. Just started using 411. So that was an interesting experiment. But to me, I'm like, oh, that's right. Like telephones are old, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Like, I didn't even think about it. So that is where it comes from. Like I know what it means, but totally forgot about information. Dial for dial information. Four one one. Christ, we're old. What is going on? I remember. I remember, I, remember, I remember being at home and being like, "I want to call Domino's. I don't know the number." No, no, no. Me and Christy were dating, and I was like, "I want to call the theater to see if a movie is playing." <laughs> Because there was no website, or I couldn't get to a computer to check the website, so I would dial four one one to get the number of the theater and it, it, it charged me like 50 cents every time I did it but it was worth it because you're married we had, we had to see those movies man we gotta see all those movies <laughs> imagine an alternate timeline where you didn't have access to 411 you're like we need to go to a movie but we don't know what's playing well I mean just crap what do I do no there like were, it just like at that moment the, memory, the idea of 411 just like snaps out of your head because it doesn't exist you're yeah. like I guess I could Crap! Um, I guess we don't know, so there's no movie for us. Let's just um, let's just roast marshmallows. Like this, this is a boring date, Rob. You're boring. I'm uh, done. I don't like this timeline, Pernell. <laughs> it's a terrible timeline. A timeline without four one one is a horrible timeline. Are you like, and then you become my roommate. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I I was never one for roommates even yeah, back I then. I was like, that's true. Ugh. Um, no, no, but, but uh, just, just as an ancient saying, another ancient saying would be, was one of our, um, like, like earliest dates, we would go to Blockbuster just to look for movies and we would spend all night at Blockbuster and never decide on a movie. (laughs) 
What was their slogan? Blockbuster video. Wow, what a... Why is that their slogan? Wow, what a difference. That because because when Blockbuster came around, there were tons and tons and tons of mom and pop and local uh, video stores. And, oh, so they were the difference from them. Right, and a lot of them would only have so many copies of like new hit movies, but Blockbuster had deals with the... Um, the the big the big uh, uh, studios. So if you go to Blockbuster, you were guaranteed to get like I don't know the Last Crusade or Jurassic Park. Oh my god! And that, folks, is the Rhythm and Pixels Ancient Slang Hour. Yeah, you go. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> old uh, jingles, we got them. Hey, Pernell, you got anything else for the top of the show other than like, hey man, I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> nah, yo, what yo, what was going on with me right now? Um, so I guess I could just say something like I don't know. There's a fun thing I could bring up. Um, yeah, I started playing Resident Evil again, that's which good. is um, which well, we'll see if that sticks around. Um, because I was trying to kill time when I started doing it, but uh, my save file surprisingly didn't work. It was like so many weird things about it. Like I booted it up, keeping in mind that I hadn't played Resident Evil Seven since 2019, and I was like, I want to finish it because Eight's coming out tomorrow. Mm. So I booted it up, but then I forgot that. Since that time, I gave away my original copy of Resident Evil 7 and bought Resident Evil Gold Edition because it had all the DLC on it. One, that's something that surprised me, is they're two separate games. Like, if you in you install it, it's a different icon, different you know, install or whatever. <laughs> all that stuff, Daryl right? Daryl is saying, do not spoil 8. If How am I going to spoil a game that's not out yet? <laughs> it's not out yet. It's not out yet, Daryl. <laughs> it's not out. Um, but about 7... The one that you've beaten five times. <laughs> um, so I put that game in, installed it, tried to run it, and the save file wouldn't load up. I was like, oh, I'm sorry, at first I thought it would load, so I was like, okay, no big deal. So I'll go and delete my old Resident Evil 7 file since the, um, or my old Resident Evil 7 installed because now I have this gold edition and it found my save file. It just makes logical sense that they connect, right? So I go do that, delete the game, and then go to gold. And it dope my file and it says, game not fully installed. Please install a game to play file. And I'm like, the game is installed. I've done everything. Like, what's wrong with my game? And through a bunch of hoops and jumps and whatnot, I learned from someone on the old internets that you had to go into their stupid, um, it was like one of those, like, you know, like those like stat tracking sites where it's like, go on and you can have people find out how well you've been doing in the game because they'll follow you on Resident Evil Net or whatever nonsense. <laughs> so Our, I had to go in, turn that network. on. Yeah. Yeah. I had, to, I had to join their network just to set that up. Then once I did that, my save files magically worked and then I went back and turned it off. So it was such a weird thing. Huh. That's so strange. Such a weird. Oh, uh, oh like we, we talked on Daryl's like I've only beaten it yeah. three times. Thank well, you. We talked on Sunday and um we were playing we were playing games on Sunday and you said I should I should keep playing Persona. Yes. So yes should. I should. So I took the day off yesterday to work in the garden, but then it rained all day. Okay. So I played a lot of Persona and I'm back in, baby. I uh, good. Yeah, I'm like this twists are happening and I am interested again. So I'm really excited. You're on the arc. I'm on the arc now. I knew it. I'm on the. Uh, You'll the spend hours there, but it's worth it. I know. I'm really, I'm really, really excited to get into it. I'm, I'm not at the whatever the in quotations arc is. I'm not sure what that means yet, but like, I'm, it's revealing the plot, and I'm really excited about it. Oh, it's, the arc is whatever the dungeon will be called. And yeah, if yeah. you don't know what it, if you haven't found it yet, you it's not a spoiler because you yeah. don't know what the heck I'm talking about. So I'm, I'm not too, I'm not super worried about spoilers. So that's totally okay. 
Um, yeah, but we, the listeners might be. But we should tell our listeners, hey, listeners, this week is a Patreon-exclusive live-recorded episode. So these are episodes that we record normally, we prepare for them normally, and they're part of our, you know, our show release schedule normally. But if you are a member of our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash Rhythm and Pixels, at any level, um, you get access to join us on a live stream as we record the show. So there's going to be um, some visual gags between me and Purnell, ha, pointing and laughing also, at each other. Also, thrills and chills. Don't forget spills. <laughs> and we also joke with you in between um, you know, songs, and we like to read, read your chat. And we also, uh, on these episodes, um, like to play submitted music, uh, music requests and testimonials, just like the the heyday of the VGM jukebox of Keyglyph and Josh. Um, Those were the day. Don't yeah. forget Haju. And Haju. But Haju's not real. No, Haju's very real. <laughs> Haju was very real. Thank you. Man. I, I love I, how Bedrol says, I might break down and get Persona. Now that he has a PS4. You're not breaking down. You're stepping up. All right. <laughs> get Persona 4. Persona 5 is a step up. Yeah, man. And you will be glad you did. Just do what I do. Do what I do. And 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 just be like, okay, for this year, I'm not going to play any other game because I'm going to finish Persona 5. And you'll do it. And you'll get there in the end. You'll get there in the end. Um, okay, so this week's topic, Purnell, is um, I think you said it. It is Dreamland or just Dreams? Mm-hmm. That's right. No, well, well, Dreamland is another case of Whatever you wanted to be like, mm-hmm. because I mean, someone could have. I mean, no one did, if I'm not mistaken. But someone could have took that and submitted a track that released to Nightmares, actually, because that's technically Dreamland. There, um, might, there Dream might be. Hmm. Oh, I didn't notice one, but maybe I was wrong. But oh. like, uh, maybe I just don't know also... these games. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I mean, you had like Nightmares. You got the typical Dreamland. You just have Ethereal, really. I mean. A person can be dreamy. Someone could have submitted a track from an Ultima game and was like, this is the dreamiest person ever. I feel like I'm like I'm living in a dream. Whenever mm-hmm. I stare into their eyes, you blah, blah. <laughs> and, so um, that's why I like to say that when, like, I, mean, I think if I'm not mistaken, uh, the last Rekid came into the Discord chat when the topic got announced and was like, could someone translate this topic? And I'm like, no, don't do that. <laughs> Just submit something. Yeah, yeah, some, yeah. It's like it's like those things where, that's you know, if you're, a, if you're a psychiatrist and they're like, I'm going to say a word. And you say the first thing that comes to mind, you know, strawberry, and you're like, uh, milkshake, and they're like, you know, grapefruit, and you're like, old people, um, and, and stuff like that, you know, so when it's like, here's the topic, and you're like, what's the topic? You know, strappleberry, and at that point, don't ask what it is, just, just strappleberry, you just, you just go and find something that relates to it and enjoy it, you just make sense of it in your own way, like, because I think that's part of the fun of it all. I think it's so, the too. idea I think just, so like, too. seeing what people think of. Yeah, yeah, because so. that's what you and I do. We're like, we're, we're like, okay, this is the topic this week. Okay, I got it. I got it. And then we get together, and we're like, I don't got it. <laughs> but that's part, yeah, that's what makes it so fun. And honestly, I'm not going to veto somebody's pick, and I don't think you would either if it came through. And it was, like, so off base. But the rationale made enough sense where I was like, you know... I like this. Yeah, yeah. I can't not <laughs> go with that. Yeah, music so. is music. Music is music. You know, good music is good music. Um, I think I said in the past. I don't think there's anything as bad. Such thing as bad music. I stand by that. You know, the I birds concur. outside are super loud. I might have to close this window soon. Can you hear the birds at all? No, not right now. But I also have my fan here, so who knows? Okay, fan time. All right. Is your number one fan? Number one fans in the room? 
That's right. And it's loud and obnoxious. Mm. Well, but I can't like, hear yeah, it, like, so that's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like, uh, yeah, there's no such thing as, well, there is, there's no such thing as, actually, I take that back. There, there is definitely such thing as bad music, but I think of it more from the, like, the actual scientific perspective of sounds. Like, because Deerhoof comes pretty close in some of their stuff. I think they're almost like intentionally towing the line to see what can we do to sound just close enough to being what would be prescribed as like universally bad. But then we throw some birds chirping in there and that sounds good. So it makes you smile again. Like if someone released a song where it was just like a guy scratching a chalkboard and beating on a desk. But it was rhythmic. Okay, look, look. So now that now, would be a bad song. Now we have people in the chat just trying to start fights with me. Daryl is telling <laughs> me, "Do I not think who let the dogs out is bad?" No, I think it's good. In fact, I think it's a national treasure. I think what's ridiculous is the fact that they sing the darn song for like four minutes and they never figure out who did it. That, that, that's not the point. It's not the point. The point is... That's 100% the point. They never figure out who let the dogs out. The dogs are out. these crackerjack detectives would figure something out in four minutes? <laughs> Couldn't do it. Look, Prowl, number one, the dogs are out. Number two, somebody did it. Number three, get hype, the dogs are out. <laughs> <laughs> get hype, the dogs are out. And they ain't going back. That's a fact. All right, Pernell, why don't you kick us off on this dreamy episode? We should probably like like tone tone it down and make it make it like a sleepy show. Ah, uh, no, nah, my dreams. I'm loud in my dreams too, so this <laughs> is just how that goes. I'm not surprised. Uh, all right, so uh, you got your name next to a bunch of these tracks. Which you want to go with? I'm actually going to go with this first one because I was kind of happy to see it come through because the game actually released on my birthday, believe it or not, and that's when I bought it. So this came from listener Bedroth. And actually, friend and listener, Bedro, this comes from the game Gianna Sisters Twisted Dreams, and it is the main theme. And I want to say, I always get it confused between the two, whether the track was made by Chris Halsbeck or Machine Supremacy. So I'm just going to name both of them because they did the OST collaboratively yeah, in yeah, some ways. Chris Hulsbeck did the original, I think the original, like in a way that like Koji Kondo did a lot of the original music in, in, in the Mario games. And then you'll see his name credited in future games, but he's really like just the original composer and then someone else did like an arrangement. Okay. So you think maybe that, you think maybe it's possible. I'll have to double check, but maybe yeah. maybe Machine Supremacy did some covers of that stuff in addition. I think it's but, Machina uh, Supremacy, right? Or it's just, is it Mach Machina? Yeah? Possibly. <laughs> I've been called a machine supremacy for years, uh, so <laughs> maybe maybe I'm wrong. Then, All but right. it's definitely no. I think you're right because it's definitely spelled A E at the end. Okay. Oh my god, we're old, Rob. We're like, hey there, young man, or like the old the odd couple. I'm telling you, it's spelled machina supremacy. You know, you're spelled machine. I, but, you know but, what? Uh, you know what? I, I ain't gonna bother. I ain't gonna bother with that. That's a okay. Language evolves. I think I said that in the Discord at one point too. All right. So the Gianna sisters, twisted dreams, the main theme.
welcome back. You are listening to the main theme from the game Gianna Sisters Twisted Dreams, originally released on Steam, but then kind of hit a lot of other consoles after that. Mostly PS, I think it was PS4 and Xbox got it at some point. And this track was the main theme composed by, well, you say it because you said EB covered the do on us on it for us with that for us. Yeah, uh, Chris Hillsbeck and Fabian Del Priore, which I thought maybe Fabian Del Priore was part of um, um, Machina Supremacy, but not. Electric Boogaloo also says that uh, they chatted with Del Priore briefly, briefly, briefly on XVGM uh, Discord server a while back, and he's even pretty cool. So that's good. Oh. That's, That's a pretty, pretty cool track. Awesome. I like this track. This track is good. Honestly, the OST for the entire game is like legitimately really like this like game. It. Like it came out on my birthday, and the premise for the game really spoke to me, so I jumped at the chance to buy, like pre-ordered it and everything. But I'm not going to talk about it much more until I've read Bedroth's testimonial. Please do that. I, I, I he won't. Says I won't. I won't. Good stuff here. I won't interrupt you. I swear. Unless. Unless. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so here we go. Sure, this series started out as an unabashed Super Mario Bros. ripoff for the Commodore 64, but Chris Hulsbeck's amazing soundtrack was the best part of the original 1987 title, and he's back in this modern interpretation, along with the Swedish heavy metal band Machina Supremacy, I'm going with that, and Fabian Del Priore, who also worked on 2009's Gianna Sisters DS. So, what does this have to do with dreams, you may ask? Well. As Wikipedia puts it, Maria, the younger Gianna sister, is abducted to the dream world, where the wicked dragon Gurglewaki, what kind of <laughs> name is that, holds her prisoner. It is up to her sister, Gianna, who has become a teenager in the time since the last entry in the series, to enter the dream world and rescue her. Because she's in a stage of her life that is all about transformation, she has learned how to manipulate her dreams. She must use her newly developed ability to jump between dreams and transform herself into a cute and punk persona in order to deal with her inner conflict and fear while she searches for her sister. It's a cool game, too. Like, so, the way it's portrayed in the game proper, and it's a platformer, side-scrolling, though, it also has, like, you know, elevations, too. You'll go up and down. And, uh, you start out every level generally as the cute Gianna, as you call her. Um, cute Gianna, her world is very, you know, like, happy-go-lucky, you know, owls and, like, grass and rivers and streams mm-hmm. and whatnot, and the music kind of plays happily. And when she jumps, she sort of has, like, a sort of twirl. Like, she can twirl and descend slowly. Um, however, when you press a specific button, she flips to the punk persona. And when she flips to the punk persona, the world goes into a nightmare state instead of the dream state. And it doesn't... Sometimes it actually changes the layout of the map too, but it will, if, even if it doesn't, it always changes the look. So like that owl becomes like a monster owl and like the cute little happy-go-lucky guys become like demon trolls, which like demons are trying to kill you. And uh, it gets to be pretty dicey. And the punk persona special, but she can dash and destroy blocks and stuff. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. So, but the blocks destroyed, if you go back into the other dream world, are destroyed as well? Yep. That's cool. And sometimes they won't even be there. Like, it might be, like, just a normal wall entirely, but in the in the nightmare world, it's a breakable block, so you just dash into it. Oh. And the coolest thing about it, too, which doesn't, com- doesn't come across on this track that just got played, is when you switch between the two personas, the music shifts to go along with it. So, it's really legit. That's really cool. I, I really, really enjoy this music. It's got, like, it, it, there's a level of cheesiness to it, but, like, 
like it's like a loving cheese. It's a it's a lovable cheese, Pernell. It's, it's, it's not, not Munster. It's more of a brie. Loving cheese, exactly. Like a goat cheese. Like you could love that little goat. <laughs> and it's true, but then you don't want to eat them, so that's a problem. No. What, what what dreams did you have to this this song right here? Is this does this does this feel like something you would you would uh, have in your dreams? Um, maybe, maybe, maybe more of an adventurous dream. Like yeah. if I was scaling a uh, scaling a mountain face, but while the sun was setting, you know, and there was like I, there was like a nice delicious bowl of ice cream waiting for me at the top mm-hmm. to be shared with I don't know a moose or something, and the moose could talk and play N sixty four. Do you have? We play Mario Party. Do you have things happen in your dreams like frequently? Like Christ, my dreams are awful. You know, <laughs> my dreams involve really weird, frustrating things. Uh, um, but by that same token, like, there have been some cases where, like, I wake up and it's like that was so bizarre, even by my take, that I can't help but <laughs> yeah. just kind of think about it for a couple of minutes. Just the subconscious, like, really just unpacking things in a really weird way. Like, I know some people, like, I, I like when I dream, like, I don't think I see faces. I don't even think of people like i'm really focused on places and so when i dream i dream of like places that i've once been or i've once worked that i'll I'll, maybe i'll never see again or maybe don't exist anymore you know you know something that bugs me about dreams is it's been a case for me for years because i've never gotten to pull off the check for it so for those who are familiar with 90s stuff because again more old man talk um (laughs) there was a show called batman the animated series and there was a particular episode where Batman is like in a back alley, you know, fighting some criminals or whatever, and he gets knocked out. And when he comes to, he's in his mansion and he's talking to Alfred and he's like, you know, just kind of be like, OK, you were you were you got hit pretty hard, Master Master Bruce, but you're OK now. So he starts living his day. He's interacting with people and he's doing stuff. But it's a really weird environment because things are great. Like his parents are alive for some reason. And he like he, there's Batman's taking care of crime in the city, so he has to worry about crime. Batman's doing all the work. And he's dating Selena Kyle. He's just living a really good life, but he's like, something is wrong. Something is wrong. I don't get it. I don't get it. But I but I should maybe I should just indulge myself and be happy. And then at one point he goes to read, I want to say he was reading the newspaper. And when he goes over the newspaper, he can't read any of the words in the paper. He's like, oh my god, oh my god, this is this is wrong. I should be able to read this. And of course, you know, everyone else is like, what are you talking about? What's wrong? I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Everything's fine. He's like, no, it's not. And then through enough, you know, work, he realized the only thing he can do to wake up and figure out, or well, not where, because he doesn't know what's going on yet. But only way he can do to come to the solution is he has to go confront Batman, quote unquote, because he's Batman. So who's Batman? <laughs> and when he meets up with Batman, it turns out to be the Mad Hatter. And the Mad Hatter locked him in a dream world. The dream world being a place where his goal was like, if I can keep you in a place where you'd be internally happy, you'd leave me alone in the real world and I could be happy. And I just like the fact that it was the fact that he couldn't read anything that set him off to realize something was wrong. And it got me thinking, I think it's interesting that Stephen Miller's like, I tested it. It's true. I've never been able to pull it off Mm -hmm. ever. I don't know what's going on. He's got a playback error, but hopefully it comes back. But, um, but yeah, like I've never been able to pull it off, but I've always wanted to test it, and I never think about it in an actual dream. I'm just kind of like rolling with it. So, I don't know. But I'm glad to hear Stephen Miller test it. He's like, it's totally true. It's you can't read in the dream world. So yeah, like I I've had dreams where like I'm I feel like I'm running or I'm running or I'm I'm really far away from a certain place, like on the highway, 
like at the beach. Maybe it's maybe a place that's somewhere from like my childhood that I barely remember, but I don't have a car. So I'm just going to run towards it. But like in my dream, you know, my body, like I'm sleeping. So my body is, 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 is tired, you know, but I feel like I'm trying to run, but I can't really run. And then sometimes I have dreams where I just run forever, you know, and it doesn't bother me. Like my, my well, brain's like, like, this is the feeling of running. I'm like, yes, that's what I'm doing, you know. And that usually happens when I'm like dealing with like, like the demon Ronald McDonald. Like you can't outrun him because you're kind of floating when you're actually trying to run. Yeah, I don't understand that. <laughs> I, I never quite got it. My only guess is that maybe it's the fact that you're trying to run and due to the desire of what you want to do it, your body in the in the waking world is actually doing the motions possibly or trying to, but yeah. you're at rest and your body is not in a position to do anything like that. So it's kind of encumbered mm-hmm. and you're just like, Ugh. Well, like and then I have woken up like tired from that. And then I'm worried like like when I get old, like am I am I gonna have that an issue where my I won't be able to stop my body from moving while I'm sleeping, you know, and maybe I'll I'll wake up and I'll be in like down the road somewhere or in the highway. That sounds well, at least you didn't dream about going swimming. Okay. Well, speaking of swimming, let's move on to our next track. <laughs> this is a track from the game Dolphin's Dream. It's for the Sony PlayStation. This one was chosen by Electric Boogaloo, and the composers are Takayuki Ishikawa and Shinya Watabe. And the track is called Big Pudding. I thought you might enjoy that. I like a good pudding. Thank you. 
you are listening to the game Dolphin's Dream, also known as Diver's Dream. This track is called Big Pudding, and it is composed by Takayuki Ishikawa and Shinya Watabe. And the name Big Pudding really reminds me of this artist that my wife was really into, uh, like in the 80s, when she was a kid, called Deep Breakfast. There's a name for somebody. They were just really hungry when they came up with it. A lot like this style of music, but like a lot more primitive. Um, But it's definitely like on the ambient synthesizer sound. Um, All I know about Dolphin's Dream, it's on the Sony PlayStation. It is a diving adventure game. So maybe it's more of an experience and less about danger. (laughs) Because this music, (laughs) because all the whole soundtrack is super relaxing. Um, and there is no, uh, there's no, um, no testimonial. Electric Boogaloo writes, no testimonial here. Just enjoy the music. So now it makes you wonder then, what do you think this track means to EB? I, if you could get in his head. Oh, man. If I, if I could get into EB's head, man, what would happen there? We, we're going we're gonna to dive into his dreams. That's what we're doing. What, what was going on in his head when he picked this track? He was probably, he was hungry. Um, I think he's uh, swimming. This this sounds like swimming to me. Yeah. If, he, if he's yeah, not swimming, so. then he wants to swim. He wants to eat and then immediately swim, even though you're not supposed to do that. He wants to. It's, a, it's just a dream. Of, but then he's in a dream, so he can do what he wants. It's and dream, then, of course, there's dream. there's some sol- there's a solid live BGM concert playing outside of the pool. So It's his dream. It's his dream. What's going on in your head? What would you like to do that you can't do right now? Me? Yeah. Like, like eat, eat something and then go swimming immediately? Would you want to, like... I don't know. If I, I don't think I'd want to do that in any world. <laughs> in yeah, the waking wanna, world like, or the sleeping world. Get on your world. bike and, and fly in the air. I would like to be able to fly in general, yeah. I mean, I feel like flying is just the biggest... It's like man's greatest dream in the sense of just, like, physical abilities. Like, because obviously, once, we, once the ability to fly in... The you know machinery became a thing. Our world opened up immensely. But imagine just being able to just jump and go instead of having to go to the airport and stand in a stupid line where they check your bags and then you got away from the to clean the, you know clean the plane. But really, what that is just them spraying like you know Febreze on everything. It's kind of sad yeah. though, man. Like you think about it, like the 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 dream of flying is not about being free and being in the sky and being able to travel and meet those you love it's about avoiding all of the problems and all of the hassles of normal uh, air travel that we have to deal with one thing about it is like if everyone could fly yeah if I everybody like could fly. ultimately if it wasn't just like you like hey pronounce no no that's the problem like it's one thing if it was Can I get like a ride? no <laughs> fly yourself home shoot <laughs> I'm not strong like that no but like it's one thing if, like, you know, a few select people can fly because, like, stops, you just yeah. get up and you'd go. It's like, boom, I'm going to go here and do it. But if everyone could fly, it would be just as bad as when we couldn't. <laughs> because, yeah, you wouldn't have to worry about anything. But at the same time, you have millions of people in the sky mm-hmm. trying to get from point A to point B, colliding with each other, being uh, inconsiderate in the air. I think we would, we would end up living in the air because living on the ground would be dangerous, you know? Why would it be dead? The ground would be safer because, because people every, would be just traveling would fall out of my pockets, you know? Oh, I can see that. Yeah, true. yeah. yeah if, I, if, I got, if I got my, my, my Wawa 64-ounce coffee. <laughs> Splashing. Man, it's raining. 
Oh, it's raining that coffee, coffee again. It's raining coffee it's again raining for some coffee. reason. Ew. I, I de- uh, uh, clothing would definitely change. You know, it'd be more aerodynamic. You would have less baggy clothes. Or maybe more baggy clothes. You can catch the wind. Like in your jacket. Tassels would make a comeback. Tassels? Yeah, tassels would make a huge comeback. I could Frilly see you in clothes. tassels. T- Parachute pants? They would serve two purposes. <laughs> would you have to flap your arms? Or do you just, just jump? Ah, it's all about body propulsion, you know, like those TV shows try to portray. It's like you just kind of go. So, because I feel like in, in I feel I feel like in the dream scenario of being able to fly as a human, mm-hmm. it wouldn't be about you know flapping your arms. It'd just be like being able to you know you know work with the Earth's gravity. Like okay, I can reduce my I can reduce my mass to levitate off the ground and then go. Mm-hmm. Propulsion be a matter of just like. I don't know, like kicking, like adjusting your weight, basically, because that's all it okay. would be. It's like using your weight to propel yourself right. outward. I think like being what, elevated. The, the Rocketeer. Remember the movie Rocketeer? I remember the NES game, The Rocketeer. Never saw the movie. Oh man, it's cheesy now. It's actually really, really cheesy now. But it was like one of my favorite movies growing up. Gouda? But he's got he's got the rocket on his back, and with, he develops a helmet with a fin on it. So if he turns his head, that's how he moves left and right and up and down. See, now the darn NES game tracks in my head. I never owned it. All rentals from Blockbuster. Yeah, that was that was a game that one ever bought. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all rented it. All right, Pernell, what's your second track? All right. My second track is going to come from the man, the smooth jam master of not quite disaster. No. So... This track comes from a game I've honestly never heard of, which is kind of cool. Um, and it's from a system that I don't have nearly enough experience with. That is Sleepwalker for the Amoeba. Amiga. I'm, you know, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm sticking with that. It's the Amoeba. <laughs> it's from the Amiga. And the track title is called Funky Lullaby. Yeah, and the composers, I, I just picked them up. It's uh, James Veal and Dave Newman. Yes.
This is from the game Sleepwalker for the Amiga, and the title of the track is called Funky Lullaby. Submitted by Hamak and composed by a guy that he just recently told us about, Timothy Dalton. So, (laughs) (laughs) Timothy Dalton was the villain from The Rocketeer. Oh my god. <laughs> well, what were you about to say then? You read off the actual composer. I thought James you read it off Veal of and Dave Newman. So we were talking about the Rocketeer, and then some of us <laughs> typed I can't remember the name of the villain from the Rocketeer. And so someone typed Timothy Dalton in the chat. And so Purnell says, Oh, who's the composer of this track? And looks in the chat room and goes, Oh, someone just told me. Timothy Dalton. Yeah, it's literally because it was specifically because <laughs> Hammock typed it. And you referred to Hammock as like an encyclopedia of knowledge, and this is Hammock's track! So it just kind of meshed together <laughs> to me thinking that he was like, oh, here's the composer right here. I'm an encyclopedia of tracks I submitted. But enough about me being a nincompoop on things sometimes. Let's talk about what Hammock has to say about Funky Lullaby. When it comes to the topic of Dreamland, one track immediately comes to mind. It's a track I heard long ago. Back when College Hammock was cramming and wind jamming at Aqua City U. I'm talking about Funky Lullaby from the Amiga game Sleepwalker. I don't know what the game's about, I don't care. Because if I'm <laughs> trying to fall asleep at night, Funky Lullaby unlocks the door to Club Dreamland. Mm. Hottest ticket in town, baby. Club Dreamland featuring DJ Kirby himself. Mm. DJ Kirby. Just don't serve drinks around them because they won't stay and they won't stay in your hands for long. <laughs> well, let me tell you what, man. This is the perfect track to take a test to. <laughs> you try to put me to sleep on a test? That's right, man. Well, it's, it's a little, it's got, it's a little more upbeat. This is, this is, this is kind of club. This is the chill out. This is the chill out section of the club. You know, you got the main, you got the main dance floor. This is where people side, go to actually have conversations. Everyone's chilling out, having conversations, getting to know each other a little better. But not you, Pernell. You have to take a quiz. On, is this a dream or is this, is this reality? This is reality. No, this is very real. Very, very real. This is Purnell. Can you tell me if this is a real enemy in a Sonic game? Uh, you know oh, your Sonic Christ. games. I do, but no one ever says the monsters name or the robots names before. The Badniks. I just the Badniks. Is that's what they are? I, I totally forgot that until I started looking them up. So I'm going to give you ten names, and you got to say real or fake. You got a 50-50 chance, Purnell. Dream or reality? Yeah. The first one is the Burrowbot from Sonic Colors. He's mass-produced, mole-based robot. Uses a drill like a nose to launch surprise attacks. It's messing with me because I'm almost positive that Burrowbot appeared before Sonic Colors because that's just the mole with the drill nose, but I'm going with yes. You're absolutely right. So, um, I describe them so that... So I can make it harder for you. <laughs> well, but but I, I don't describe a real robot and give you a fake name, is all I'm saying. Oh, uh, okay. But you're absolutely correct. Yeah, this is the Burrowbot from Sonic Colors. It's in the other ones, too. But I thought I found a picture from him from Sonic Colors, and he's really cute. He's got little eyes. He's got little little goggles on. And his nose is like, meow, yeah. drill. All right, here's the next one. It's the Bat Zap from Sonic Advance. It's a flying robot that fires bullets in two directions. I want to say no. You're right. It was actually Balky Bartakamus and Cousin Larry from Perfect Strangers. Dude, that has nothing to do with Sonic Advance. He was in Sonic Advance 3. <laughs> How did you know that one? How did you know that? 
Uh, well, I've played the games, and I really don't remember an enemy that did that. But. Oh, this is good. So this is like, good. I'm, I'm learning more about my friend here and how much he um, loves How much he played Sonic. Sonic games. Yeah, loves all of the Sonic. But I don't write fanfic, so I'm in the clear. Yeah, okay. This one's on Protonic from Sonic. Well, so if you Heroes. do, you're, in, you're all right with that, too. All right, so his name I is... I just can't. His name is Protonic. Dr. Eggman's first robot design made of pure energy, and it electrifies the ground. Protonic? From Sonic Heroes. It's an electric one that, like, zaps the ground. I'm going with no, but I'm, I could be wrong there, but Sonic Heroes was a rough game, so <laughs> no. That's right. How, how do you know this? That's incredible. I played the living daylight. Do you know how hard I worked to try to convince my friends that that terrible game was good? <laughs> it was a challenge. Why would you do but that? But now going back to where I just play Egg Fleet over and over because I wanted to like it. I paid good money, full price for it, because conceptually, Sonic Heroes is legit. But it was so riddled with glitches, and there was, even for a Sonic game, the narrative was not there. I'm sorry, Pernod, we're out of time. <laughs> no, stop it. <laughs> All right, here's our next one. It's uh, Klagen, or Klagen, from Sonic Heroes again. Uh, these robots don't attack, they grab the player's teammates. What game is that from? This one's from Heroes as well. I think that's real, because there was definitely enemies that stole them. You had to fight and get them back. Ah, uh, yes. You are correct. You had to fight Boom. them. Boom. Boom. See, uh, you're like, I love you got this like face like, I can get them. Pernell's playing a perfect game. Stop. Can he keep up this perfect game with this next one? The Egg Chaser from Sonic 2006. 100% Egg Chaser. Even if he's not in 2006, the Egg Chaser's a real butt. Has two horns, a large wheel, and lights on its shields. Pernell, are you sure... I'm gone with it. Egg Chaser's a real thing. It's a real thing, Pernell. Look at it. Look how ugly that thing is. He <laughs> <laughs> disgusts me. It disgusts me. <laughs> oh, mercy. How, so I just, if I, I could have said anything, I, I could have said like egg frisbee. And you've been like, yep, word eggs in it. It's got to be real. Nope, that's not true. Yeah. Egg Chaser, I heard the name, but hold up. The game grumps are playing through heroes like right now. Oh, yeah. Because if so, that's weirdly well timed. Yeah. Um, I think that's probably why, because I was like flipping through YouTube, and I was like, "Oh, that's right. I see you pronounce this Sonic anymore." <laughs> <laughs> now, here's the next one. This is uh, the Nebula from Sonic Forces, mass-produced robot created by Dr. Eggman, capable of flight and dropping spiked balls. I've never played Sonic Forces, so this is a pure guess. But I'm going to go with yes, because that sounds like an enemy that could be in one of those games. That's right. The little little round guy. With a little yeah, propeller on his head, he's cute. He's cute too. Every all these, all these, all these 3D Sonic characters are adorable. Don't kill them. The fact <laughs> that they messed up Sonic Forces is what kills me. They had the template, and they just said, "No, no, nah, we don't like money. Let's <laughs> just screw this pooch and give you a customizable character with a grappling hook." That's smart. Jeez. All right, let me see if I can catch you with the next one. This next one is the Chomp Door from Sonic Generations. It's able to chew through mountain boulders and all of its enemies. So I'm going with no. I caught it again. You caught it again, Pernell. It is false. I made that one up. Chomp tour. But you got to tell me. You got to show your work, Pernell. Show my work when I go get the game and play through the entire thing on the stream. Like, here you go. It's not here. How did you know? How did you know? Don't worry about it. Don't worry. I'm a man. Just a good guy. 
my secrets. No, I played through Sonic Generations. Right, That's the best Sonic game in ages. All right, here's one more. Um, Arrow Chaser from Sonic Unleashed. It's capable real. of high-speed flight and launching missiles. I was about to say, I think that was real. I don't remember. <laughs> it's real! <laughs> it is. It's real. It's super real. Okay, perfect game. We got one more. I think there's one more. Maybe two more. Nope, there's no more. Don't try to add more because it's over. I can't perfect add game. them. This, I made this PowerPoint presentation, okay? <laughs> here's the next one. I'm not Googling. This one is legit right here. All right, here's the last one. It's uh, Fatty Bear from Sonic and Fatty Bear <laughs> at the Olympics. <laughs> 100% real. He's only in the in the Tokyo Games game. Um, it's a large robotic bear. You unlock bear. him at his birthday party. Hold on. It's a large robotic bear built by Dr. Eggman to destroy the world only to find its love of the summer Olympic sports. <laughs> 100% real. Yeah, I finally caught you. I finally caught you. <laughs> you totally caught me with Fatty Bear. I mean, who would have thought Dr. Robotic wouldn't have been a bear named Fatty <laughs> who happened to like summer games? And that's all. That's all she wrote. Pranel, thank you for playing. Is this a real Sonic character enemy thing? Just saying. <laughs> Just saying. And the funny part is I couldn't even watch the PowerPoint because I got an error on my side. Oh. So... Yeah, oh, is it, I'm is, just... Is the error from Discord? No, it's in the YouTube. Oh, it's okay. It's pretty much telling me I probably got to reset it or something. Oh, that's, I just, I'm sure it's a, didn't, I'm didn't sure want to ruin the chat. be okay. Um, but yeah. what's important, one, perfect game, and two, no Googling. <laughs> Dustin, no Googling. This is all me, baby. <laughs> Which, <laughs> don't get me wrong, there's some stuff I don't get, but Sonic, there's a... I've played a lot of Sonic games. Like, I'm that guy who defends Sonic when everyone's like, They've they haven't been good since Sonic Adventure. I'm like, no, first of all, in retro, going back, Sonic Adventure is actually really touchy. Um, like, I had fond memories of it at the time, but I was also very forgiving of it because I was like, this is the first 3D Sonic game. I'll make do. But if you go back and play Sonic Adventure now, holy crap, that game has some problems. With that said, some of the later Sonic games that people rag on, even though they're not perfect with how they handle, you know, Sonic and his speed and whatnot, they actually handle pretty well in spite of what they should be doing. But of course, again, Generations is the best. That's the one that nailed it. And then they decided for some dumb reason they hated money and they didn't want to just do that again. Because seriously, it's easy. They could have gotten the guy who did uh, Sonic Mania to design all the 2D Sonic stages for Sonic Generations 2. And then had Sega do the modern Sonic levels again. That's just how it goes. Saying, just how it goes. You're saying, you're saying uh, the ingredients are there. You just need the right chef. They need the right chef. But instead, you're like, kids want uh, Freedom <laughs> Force where you can customize your Sonic character and mm -hmm. give him a grappling hook mm -hmm. and then run around to rescue Sonic. Mm -hmm. Makes no sense. Yeah. And then Freedom Fighters. I mean, and also, the level's like 30 seconds. Yeah. Get your, get your chows. Go on a date with I Sonic. Chow. No, no, we don't want that. We do want no that. No one wants that. We do no, want no that. one wants that. We all want that. Get back to raising baby <laughs> chows, not dating Sonic with them. <laughs> all right, we're on to our our, uh, our next track here. This one comes from Mike Myers, listener Mike Myers. This is the Sodom theme uh, remix from Street Fighter Alpha for the Sega Saturn, composed by Isao Abe, uh, Naoki Iwami, a.k.a. Kuru Kuru Chance Iwami, uh, Naoshi Mizuta, Siyun Nishigaki, Yuko Kadota, Yuko Takehara, and Setsuo Yamamoto. One or two or all of them worked on this track. 
Um, but I believe Iseo Abe was the original composer of this tune. This is Sodom theme from Street Fighter Alpha for the Sega Saturn. And we're back. You're listening to the Sodom theme remix from Street Fighter Alpha for the Sega Saturn, composed by Eseo Abe and a number of others from the Capcom sound team. And that was chosen by Mike Myers. And he would like to say, Sodom is a crossover character from the Final Fight series who starred uh, with his rival, Guy, or Guy, in the, street fi- in the game Street Fighter Alpha colon Warrior's Dreams on the Sega Saturn. Mm-hmm. In this version of his theme song, his musical tastes really shine as Metro City's most internationally cultured underground pro wrestler and Mad Gear Gang middle manager. I especially dig the shamisons in stereo. I do too. I, I really like the flute. The flute is like, it's got that 80s level cheese. You know what I mean? I keep calling it cheese. I'm just, I'm going to call it good. <laughs> it's got that 80s good go- good. Speaking of cheese, I gotta go back and look up the old Final Fight too, because that reminded me of like back when Nintendo's censorship was like extra strong, mm-hmm. and uh, they ported Final Fight to the U.S. to the Super Nintendo system, and not only did they like change the number of the character sprites to remove them from the game proper, but they changed all the bosses' names because of the references that they made. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> so they so- made them like PG names. Sonam wasn't in the American or the North American release of Final Fight. No, he was. His name was. They changed his name. They just changed their names. Yeah. It was like Mr. Bad Guy. <laughs> <laughs> Sword Stab even. <laughs> I forgot and, that the Street Fighter Alpha was called Warrior's Dreams. It's like after after Street Fighter 2 came out and there was all those iterations, you know, um, everyone was expecting a Street Fighter 3, a Street Fighter 3. You know, what are they going to do next? But instead, they went and did a prequel game and they simplified the moves you know i think that was a smart move they wanted to get people interested in street fighter again it and, worked and a, on and a me larger number of people interested in street fighter it worked on me because the, the first street fighter game i purchased was street fighter alpha 3 and oh. i still would play that game that game was legit alpha 3 is awesome there's so many characters in that game i love that and one. they also had the what that world tour mode where you can level up your characters mm-hmm. that was such a great time yeah, that's only, only that was, on the playstation that, was that also the one I might be wrong here, but was that also the one where you could have the three-player fight where it was 
um, Ryu in, in Ken versus Bison? Maybe. That might have been two. I can't quite remember. But yeah, but there was a way that you can have like a co-op fight on the screen and it was all wild. I think it was two because you could do that in the arcade also. I, I forget how that worked out, but it was kind of it was kind of interesting <laughs> for sure. But this is a fun. I'm really, really pleased that we got a fun, funky track from a fighting game and I didn't pick it. Ah, <laughs> oh, dairy. I love how this is a chat full of people who can't drink milk. Oh, man. That's all right. I don't drink. I drink it, but I shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Like, I only use it. I use it primarily for baking. Like, if there's a recipe that says we need milk milk, mm-hmm. I'll go out and buy some dairy milk. But otherwise, almond for me because my stomach ain't having it anymore. Oh. Yeah, we, I uh, wasn't one of the evolved humans who could drink dairy at the age of 40. Yeah, I've been vegetarian for a long time. And in the past couple of weeks, we're trying uh, going vegan. That's that's the thing we're trying. Yeah, that's a risk. That's that's going to be a challenge, but it's doable. It's definitely doable. Yeah, it's, it's doable. Just, it's just got to yeah, plan for it. You gotta you gotta like be you gotta plan your meals and just know what you're gonna do. I think that's honestly the hardest part about vegetarian and vegan. Honestly, is the fact that it's not about the food because I could definitely find good food as a vegetarian mm-hmm. and be content with it. Mm-hmm. The problem is spontaneity kind of goes out the window. Because the idea of just like going out and finding food on the road, yeah, that sucks. It's like you go to a restaurant, like, what do you guys have here? Like, we've got or or going to a potluck, like, or or you go to like a family dinner and like they're like, oh, well, we made uh, ham. What else did you make? Um, We made bacon covered, you know, uh, asparagus. And like, great, I'll um, (laughs) I'll have the bread. Sounds better than what my potluck would be. Was like we were foraging in the backyard and kind of came up with these weeds. We tossed them in some oil. Here you go. We eat them. Whatever. I've been like, yeah, that's great. I just mowed the lawn. Here are the shavings. Just put some balsamic vinaigrette on, and you're good to go. Yes. <laughs> Finally, someone was thinking of me. What do I like to bake? Um, here's the funny thing about that. So I do like to bake. You do. However, you like to bake the challenging thing about baking, yeah, I do like making cookies. I made some chocolate. Uh, peanut butter walnut brownies recently the hiccup though is that when i started the whole attempt to lose weight thing baking became more of a challenge because one i live alone and two baked goods are extremely unhealthy almost all the time uh, so like for example that brownie tray i made was pretty much like 16 to 20 brownie cubes and if i weren't careful with how i ate it it was easily like 4,000 calories in that pan, if not more than that, which I'm almost positive was more than that. So I was like really frugal about how I ate like one tiny cube a day was just enough to get that flavor punch when I got home from work before going to the gym. I was like, okay, give me one of these chocolate brownies, rich and thick, you know, and then it was good, but I always wanted more and knew I couldn't have it. So challenging, but also I like baking. I guess this counts as baking, but it's more like broiling. I like baking jerk chicken with potatoes and chicken. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bake, yeah, I like to bake pizza. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, come on. That's not going nuts. Yeah. Baked. I guess it is still technically baked. But you know what I'm saying? <laughs> still counts as baking. It's in the oven. It's not pastries and all, but it's delicious. All right, Pranav, we're on to your third, your third track of the night. All right, this is me creeping into this whole thing because this is one of those random times where I was like, you know, I want to put what I think is a dreamy track in here because people were like, what's a dream? What does he mean by dreamy stuff? So... This is what came to mind for me immediately when the idea of a Dreamland type track kicked in. This comes from the game Mystical Ninja 64 starring Goemon. 
And the track title is called Japan Sea Underwater. And the list of composers I came up with were Shigeru Araki, Yusuke Kato, Saiko Miki, and Yasumasa Kitagawa. That's Rob's bizarre take on Toad from Super Mario Brothers. I don't understand where he found that, but he needs to put it back because that's not Toad. Why don't you pick a chest, Pernell? That's not Toad. Toad is not that guy. You can get a leaf. Oh, Christ. All right, anyway. This comes from the game Mystical Ninja 64 starring Going Boss. For the SD4, game track title is Japan Sea Underwater, not composed by Toad. But it is composed by Shigeru Araki, Yusuke Kato, Saiko Miki, and Yasu Masakitagawa. So, like, to me, this track definitely fits what I would think of in the concept of, like, a dreamy, dreamland-type track. It's not in a dream stage or anything like that. It doesn't take place in a place that would even be synonymous with the concept of a dream. It takes place underwater when you're a mermaid swimming to the submarine fortress. Um, which is friggin' awesome, because it plays... It's soothing and relaxing. You're exploring underwater. You honestly don't want the track to end. I generally never do, um, which is why, like I said, I've listened to this for like an hour or more straight, just in the best background music. Um, but it feels good. It's relaxing. It's It does invoke a sense of dreaminess, I think. And I think it fits the mold to the letter, despite being on the nose. I think so. I mean, yeah, it does really feel... I mean, that's why I was saying, like, that does sound like the end of Mario 3 going to the castle, which is why I was making those stupid jokes. But, um, oh, okay, like when, you, like when you're falling from the airship back to the castle. Exactly, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, Brunel. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not Toad. I don't know why into, that's Toad in your world. Oh, he doesn't have a voice, man. I just read the text on the screen. <laughs> uh, I make that voice every time. But no, it, it, it feels like like a dream sequence like not like oh i'm gonna dream now it sounds like 
Oh no, let's see what's happening in Prunella's dream world. Oh yeah, I just I just did a Wayne's World reference without even thinking about it. <laughs> yes, you did. At least you're not in Delaware. Don't oh, use man. that. Well, um, let, let's keep it moving because we were running a little late here. So um, this my last track is a, is a pick for me. It's definitely on the nose. It's a Super Nintendo game. I'm not sure if it got a North American release. It's a game called Psycho Dream composed by Michiko Naruke, and this track is called City. I guess it's on the, the, the city stage. And this has a crazy synthy jazz fusion sound to it. I don't know what kind of dream you're going to have with this song, Purnell, but I really enjoyed it in a very weird way. So this is from the game Psycho Dream, composed by Michiko Naruke. <laughs> Listening to the stage city from the game Psycho Dream for the Super Nintendo, composed by Michiko Naruke. And this, this is a this, this is a side side scrolling action game. It's it's got a really really cool anime style to it. Um, I believe it's about um, a young girl who is in a coma, and they're able to dive into her dreams using like this kind of internet network based like virtual reality system in this team of. I don't know, action heroes. They dive into her brain to try to save her from like this this virus. And it's just it's really neat. Like the, your main character is like this this woman with these huge wings. It's really cool. Um, but it moves really fast. And it kind of reminds me of El Viento in a way that's very anime, side scrolling and really quick. So it's probably really hard to play. Sounds like my kind of play then. Yeah, it looks it looks really, really neat. But the music is all like this. It's all kind of repetitive. A little loud. I think it's designed to kind of put you like in kind of like a trance kind of like state, you know? It's That's weird. Lots of floating fetuses and phallic imagery. And Psycho Dream? Yeah, I think so. It's a lot of weird stuff. It's a Psycho Dream for now. I guess that's what makes this. That's where the Psycho part comes in, huh? I guess. I don't know. I mean, I, I just learned about this one today. I, honestly, I was looking like, what, what, what are games that I don't know of that have Dream in the title? <laughs> you know? I think and for me to week, answer this question, I gotta update T I L. Today I learned. Today I learned. I all seriously want to check now. Like I seriously want to check now, but the problem is, it looks like my Super Nintendo has to update because I haven't used it in a while. Your, your, hey. your SNES has to update. That's right. You can't play. Yeah. You, you play a cartridge in, but it has to be connected to the internet in order to. Uh, well, this isn't a cartridge. This what 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 um, Hammock's referring to is the Super Nintendo Online. So if you have a Nintendo Online account, 
they have an online service you can log into and just play a bunch of emulated SNES and NES games right off of it. And every once in a blue moon, they'll pull off um, just like a few like translated titles. They're like, hey, this isn't a too hard game for us to throw together. Slam, bam. Here we go. Tell me there's something new to play. And there's a bunch, apparently. But I'm not going to hold this up. I just want to see if it's on there. But you're like, what the heck are you doing, Pernell, with your video games and your nonsense? You can't play video games on a podcast where we talk about video games. That is true. Gameception. <laughs> no, there were there were a bunch of live shows where, where like you would be sitting over there and we would do the show. And you'd be like, all right, I'm going to see how far I can get in Ninja Gaiden while we do the show. That's still that was a lot of fun. I actually almost beat Ninja Gaiden one on the episode that episode too. Yeah, that's yeah. where I flat out was like, you know what? I could I feel confident in being able to say it while the game is challenging, it's doable because I was able to do it while also doing the podcast and talking on the live stream all simultaneously. Pronounce speed running uh, uh, Ninja Gaiden. I guess he could do it. Mm-hmm. Totally. I, it's going to happen. I want to do it again. Honestly, like I feel like it'd be kind of fun to just try. But at the same time, I feel like that might be the sort of thing I want to try to do online, too, because well, there's something like that kind of stuff is frustrating enough to make people entertained, I think, or keep them entertained. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I'm trying to imagine you dedicating yourself to one game for a longer amount of time, and I just don't see that. You're not you're not a one game, one game guy. I mean, once in a while I am, but since I started doing the reviews, though, it's almost impossible because even if I'm playing the one game, I'm still going to have to juggle two or three on the side. Yeah, that's true. But. All right, so I'm going to turn this wacky track down for now, and we're going to get into the part of the show called the bonus round. Bonus! Bonus round! That's Psycho Dream, by the way. Oh, you found that on the Switch. That's right. It is there. It is there. On the bonus round... Merrick was right. (laughs) The bonus round is where we play covers and remixes and arrangements on our theme, and sometimes maybe just tracks with vocals and interesting uh, interesting arrangements within the game, too. So, Pranel, what you got? All right, well... This remixer, it, this is less a remix than a cover, but it is a good bonus round track because vocalized. Um, it came from Listener of the Last Weekend, and it comes from actually one of the only cat. Well, I don't think only because there's a lot of them I didn't play. Um, one of the Katamari games I never got a chance to play. Um, this one is called Beautiful Katamari, and the track title is called Sayonara Rolling Star, which is pretty on the nose for my beloved Lonely Rolling Star. So, might be related. <laughs> um, so let's give it a listen and see what we think. Yeah, I would say that this game, uh, this song was composed, arranged, and has lyrics by Yoshihito Yano, vocals by Aya Hiramara.
Flavor Country. You were just listening to Sayonara Rolling Star from the game Beautiful Katamari, composed by Rob. No, I didn't compose this track. But who did? <laughs> oh, who did compose? Who did compose this track? Uh, Yoshihito Yano, um, and with vocals by Aya Hirayama. Oh. Hmm. Yes. So not Rob, but you could remix this. I could, I could do it. It's got a nice bouncy beat. It's got a super nice bouncy beat. Yeah, I do like this song. It's legit. I need to listen to more of these OSTs. Even though I haven't played the games, the music has already set a precedence that I should give it a check. But 
Enough about me. What did the last Recon have to say about this track that he submitted that we all so loved? He says, Well, so I don't want to bring the mood of the show down, but I figure I can share this with my VGM fam. My son's mother is moving to Florida today with my sons. She shared this information with me last week, and I have been a giant ball of nerves and sadness for the past few days. Last Saturday was my last weekend with them, until June at least, so I won't see them for about a month and a half. While at my house, they asked to play a game, and of course, we played Beautiful Katamari on the 360. I went to what is possibly their favorite level, and this song always plays there. Needless to say, this song plays in my dreams when I think of them, because I can literally imagine them rolling around a ball, picking up everything, and causing a huge mess. I'll be fine, everyone. I've shed enough tears, so no need to weather. Worry about that. Just value your time with your kids is all that I can say. Mm. And that is a very powerful message right there that I couldn't express any better if I freaking tried. And I have tried. I couldn't do it better than that. That's a legit point. If you got kids, value the living daylights out of them. Because time's not guaranteed. You don't know what you got. And all the more reason to appreciate it while you got it. Mm. And heck, if you got a ton of time, well, that just means you had a ton of good time, right? So, hey, listen to that man. And as far as like support goes, you've got a support community all around you, including on the VGM scene. We are so here. So, we are here for you, buddy. No worries there. And he has his own. He has his own uh, uh, podcast series. And but it's always it's all about fighting each other, though. So that might not be as supportive. <laughs> so maybe. That could be an interesting like side episode for the VGM Fight Club. Hmm. Instead of a versus episode, have a gift episode. You can outgift the other team. Like <laughs> this is a track that I played specifically for you, and oh. you have to like it. And they're like, "That's well, what we you do." Know. No, no, we're too nice. That's what we do. <laughs> <laughs> this is a track for you. My track was better because you liked it more. <laughs> yeah, no, that was a really strong message, really heartfelt. Thanks, thanks for sharing that with us, Daryl. We 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 appreciate you. We appreciate you uh, sharing that with us and our listeners too. Here, um, here to that. So our next track comes from the uh, um, Junko Tamiya from Little Nemo, the Dream Master for the NES. This is the track Mushroom Forest, and it's arranged by the artist Careless Juja, or Care, Care, Careless Juja. I'm going to say Juja. Juja. Careless... Joey Jojo Jr. Shabadoo. Yeah. The kids can call you Hoju. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. This is uh, uh, The Mushroom Forest from Little Nemo, arranged by Careless Juja.
That was Mushroom Forest from Little Nemo, the Dream Master, composed by Junko Tamiya and arranged and performed by Careless Juja. And that's fun, man. It starts out acoustic, then you get the get the, the flute in there, or the woodwinds, and then boom, picks it up right to guitar. I'm just sad that it didn't loop for a second run because I was ready for the next verse. <laughs> like, come on, bring it. I'm ready. I, and it's like, no, we're I, done. I, I, I kind of like it, man. It's, like, it's got like, it's got like three little, little, little sections of that song, you know? That's really, really nice. Mm-hmm. Well, for more information on the bonus round part of our show, go to rhythmandpixels.com. We'll have links to band camps and SoundClouds and everywhere where you can download the music, buy the music, and support these artists. All right, thank you for joining us on episode 27-9 of Rhythm and Pixels. This is our dreamy, dreamland, dreamers episode. Dream, 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 dream. <laughs> That's all they say, I guess. They made tons of money doing it. Um, but yeah, we're going out on the classic Kirby's Dreamland. Green, green. The world, the world's introduction to the Kirby franchise and the dreamland of which he calls home. That's right. Um, but yeah, this has been a, um, an exclusive live streamed episode for our Patreon members, our Patreon audience. So I want to thank everyone who's hung out with us in the chat room, uh, today. It's good to see you. Good to argue with you. Good to have fun. I'm glad that you got to hang out and listen to me try to make Pranel laugh for about an hour and a half, two hours. <laughs> I'm still waiting to learn what Dustin and frankly Zapper are making in the oven over there. I'm hungry. Yeah. What you guys making? What you doing? What you doing? Let us know. Let us know. And then we'll announce it at the end of the show. um but yeah that's what we've got for today and um you got anything going on in the the podcast verse coming up this week not particularly no interviews or anything it's just straight Mm -hmm. relaxation got i'm still reviewing a bunch of atelier games which i see it may open outright they're not reviews they're just first impressions because they expect me to review three atelier games in one month oh, that's yeah. impossible that's so it's a lot of rpgs for now <laughs> that is correct so it's like nope i'm just gonna dip my toe in the milk and see what it feels like and i'm done i'm not playing the whole game like that don't have time uh, well coming up on the show um next week um we don't have a topic yet, but the week after that, we have an interview with a games composer. Don't remember the guy's name, but um, actually, been, it's been in the works for a long time, and things have just not worked out for my scheduling. And, and I appreciate Purnell, you know, picking up the slack and emailing people, and uh, so I don't have to apologize to everybody. So thank you very much for that, Purnell. Um, You're very welcome. So we thank got that you. going on, and um, there's a guest spot with me and Pernell on XVGM Radio. Might be coming out this week. Might be coming out next week. I don't know. But, but when we gathered from the XVGM guys, one of which is in this group right now, <laughs> we but, broke their format in a good way. But if you like more video game music and you want a little bit more history, a little bit more uh, professional banter around the music about the composers and about the games themselves. Check out XVGM Radio with Mike and Justin um, weekdays at 8:45 at 93.6 on the dial. WXVGM Radio, 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 Radio. Got games for jams for days. <laughs> no, they're actually uh, they actually keep their sanity by recording twice a month and not every week, like a bunch <laughs> of crazy boys right here. Ah. <laughs> But if you would like to get in contact with these boys, these boys being Robin Purnell, if you want to say hi, if you have a track suggestion or a topic suggestion, or if you're in a band or if you know someone in a band and you'd like to tell us about it, we would love to hear about it. 
so you can send us an email. Rhythmandpixels at hotmail.com. And for more information about this show, for a full track listing from this episode and access to all of our other episodes, go to our website. www.rhythmandpixels.com. You can check us out on the Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. It's Rhythm and Pixels, all one word. And um, you can check us out on YouTube, youtube.com slash Rhythm and Pixels. All of our episodes are uploaded there. We also have a 24-7 uh, 8-bit and 16-bit classics radio station. It's a, a curated list, a, a playlist of music that's just kind of randomized. We have also additional playlists added to it from all of the, your, your favorite VGM podcast hosts like Emily Keegliff and uh, um, uh, uh, Michael Bridgewater. And uh, soon we're going to have Brent Weinbach from the Legacy Music Hour um, supplying a whole bunch of new tracks for you to listen to while you're working or while while you're at church, you know, or um, while, while you're, you're ski-balling. Yeah, all sorts of things. While you're skiing the K-12 on one ski? That's right, while you're underwater, while you are uh, exploring underwater caves. That's right. West no, no, you, no, you won't need it for that. When you're doing that, we already gave you that track. It's earlier in the episode. Go get it. Yeah, so while you should be working and listening to our station, we got some more music for you coming up. I'm really excited about that. Um, and if you'd like to support the show, the best thing you can do is just tell people about it. You can also rate and review and subscribe to this this podcast. That's always super helpful. Um, you can also help us out in other ways. Go to patreon.com slash merch. I'm sorry, rhythmandpixels.com slash merch. And we have uh, t-shirts there with uh, logos on it. We have t-shirts there with uh, game jokes and stuff. And also uh, logos from uh, game uh, like game audio uh, teams like the Konami Kukaheya Club and Zuntada and uh, Falcom. All sorts of fun stuff for you to put on your body and then take your body outside for fun and for, you know, for health reasons going outside but also clothing is important to put on your body so if you can buy our clothes to collect your sweat to cover your naked self um you can also support us by going to patreon patreon.com slash rhythm and pixels um as a member there you get access to prequel episodes every week you get access to a monthly live streamed episode every month as it is monthly um and then at the higher uh tier levels you get um little bonuses you can get on the radio station you get little shout outs from robin Purnell right on the radio station you can even record your own and put it on rotation in the radio station and they'll play like every hour or something like that so check that out there at patreon.com slash rhythm and pixels we also like to thank all of our top members our top tier members from rhythm from patreon at the end of every episode so first we'd like to thank frankly zappa and uh, uh, uh frankly sent us a wonderful uh, message uh, over Discord or I don't know where you got yours, but it was really, really awesome to get. It, it, made, it made a big difference uh, to me and Purnell on that day especially. So Yes, it did. Uh, so thank, thank you for those words. That, that made a big big difference. Um, so thank you, frankly, Zappa. Thank you, Mike Myers. Thank you, Vashin8060. I see you in hanging out in the chat room. That's really great to see you there. Uh, that Nick Walker, Ed Wilson of the VG Embassy, Matt's Holmquist, Michael Jennings, Davey Cakes, Justin Schneider from XVGM Radio, Sonic Medley, Taco, Harold Howard, Dave Taylor, Reinhardt Silkova, Andreas Mielberg, Dan Loughton, Sleepy S'more, Steve Miller, The Autistic Gamer 89, Cameron Worma, Christopher Sendstrom, Bobby Arson from 1UP Funk, Wicked Sephiroth, Carlos from the Heroes 3 Podcast, Michael Bridgewater from the Forever Sound Version VGM Podcast, and Brian Pitt. Thank you all so, so much for your continued support of our show. It means the world to us. 
It legitimately does. Like, hearing people, honestly, hearing the names pop up every week is like a nice feeling. Hearing people actually contact this is a great feeling. Talking in the chat is a good feeling. Like, obviously, like, I'm, I can't say that I'm like always there. Like, actually, partly I might be because I have a cell phone that connects to Discord. But at the same time, I have like a gajillion notifications. So I'm lost in the sauce when it comes to Discord. I'm mm -hmm. like that old guy who doesn't understand AIM. Um, but with that said, I do pop in every once in a while, see what everyone's talking about, and I like seeing people talking about stuff, and every once in a while I'll chime in with some gibberish too, so I genuinely like seeing people enjoy communicating with each other, whether it's in the chat group here on the disc on the, on the YouTube thing for the Patreon episode, or in the actual Discord proper, just having a good conversation about game music or composers, or what games they're playing, or that spinach that they had to throw out last week because it was getting kind of stale and funky in the fridge. All that cool stuff. It's just a wonderful thing to see the community being a community. <laughs> I love that Bedros. And remember, English is just a miserable pile of bastardized vocabulary shoved unceremoniously into the grammar of a dead language. Yes. That's kind of what we do. <laughs> that is, that's a pretty good way to put it, that. Um, and on that note, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm looking forward to the next few shows. We are going to have some special, um, some more special, like, uh, um, a music focused episodes where, where Purnell and I have to have, we've committed to doing uh, the jingles episode where we would be doing karaoke versions of music. That's yeah, Leslie suggested that one back in like, mm -hmm. well, listener Leslie submitted that one back in, uh, like in November, even around mm -hmm. Christmas time. We we're like, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. But gotta be honest. I don't know if that's even a live one because that's going to take prep. Like, no, no, yeah, it might not be. It might not be live, but we'll have. To, it's it's really only going to work with us like recording from the same equipment. So um, I agree. That, I'm hoping to do that soon because it sounds like a lot of fun. But we have. A, I'm just looking forward to, to recording with you here again. The audio quality is going to be through the roof. <laughs> Ex or, or exponentially better. More than a year ago. Um, okay, but anyway, thanks everyone for joining us on the show, Rhythm and Pixels. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernell. Thanks and have a safe week. Be good. Be good. Don't don't do don't be bad. <laughs> Winners don't use drugs. And remember, um, I honestly didn't really have one tonight because I haven't been feeling all that great. But believe it or not, the last reeking kind of did the do in a way that kind of shook me to actually have a good one because it ties into what he said, which is literally value your loved ones and those in your life to the best of your ability. Because quite frankly. Having anybody in your life that cares about you and loves you is a blessing that cannot be underestimated, cannot be understated, and you never guaranteed that time. You don't know how much time you got with any of those people, whether they're your children, your spouse, your parents, your grandparents, cousins, nephews, who the heck ever, anybody really. You have no guarantee of any of that time. So while you've got the time, both with them in your life and your time just living yourself, Put it to use, make those memories, and have those experiences, because you'll be glad you did when you can't have them anymore.